Welcome to the Alberta Wedding Podcast, a platform for Alberta wedding professionals and couples to connect, learn, and share ideas. I'm your host, wedding videographer Kevin Marr. With over 100 weddings behind me, I'm your guide to all things weddings in this great province of ours. Well, it's another exciting week here on the podcast. I am so honored and thrilled to have my next guest on with me. I've got Heather here with uh, Blush Artistry. Heather, how are you doing? I am great. How are you, Kevin? Great. You're always bringing the energy on Instagram, <laughs> so I expect nothing less in this next hour. Yeah, no pressure. No but pressure. I do wake up with a fire under me on a regular basis, so I'm sure it annoys a lot of people, but hopefully not your listeners. I love it. I love it. It's very inspiring. Good. So for those who don't know your backstory, because you've been in this for a while, do you want to let listeners in on how you got into the whole hair and makeup industry in the beginning and then how you've kind of been able to evolve over the years? Yeah, Blush, I always say that it's been a very organic journey, which is a blessing because I think a lot of people start a business with these like, you know, super high goals in in mind. Whereas I started doing makeup. I got my makeup certification when I was in nursing school, actually. And I just kind of let that path guide me along. I started to work for a really prestigious company in the city in Edmonton, followed that journey. And then in about 2014, I started to advertise my work on social media. I was very behind the game then. People were popping out of the woodwork. They're like, I've been looking for you forever, Heather. Like, where have you been? At that point, I had always had blush. I had blush since 2007, but it was just myself. And in 2014, I was like, you know, I'm giving away a bunch of business. Why don't I get another artist to join my team? So then I got a girl, her name is Shannon. She's like, we call her like the OG and she's still on the team. Then we were getting too busy. And so we, I got another artist and then I got another artist and then there was five of us. And then there was only makeup and we didn't have hair. People were really wanting hair and makeup. And you have to remember like in 2014, a hair and makeup team was just not really heard of. You don't, you would only have hair salons that would do this and they wouldn't travel to you. It was just a very different game back then. Like that's almost 10 years ago. And so, you know, then I had five makeup artists and one hairstylist and then we had to even it out. And then from there, it just grew very organically to where I counted yesterday because we're having a pool party and I need to make a list for the potluck. We have 41 people on the team now. That's insane. I know. And so, but you have to remember, like, this is a long time coming. This is 2007 to 2023. So the growth here was very organic. It was very natural. And it really only grew by demand. And I have been very, very picky with who joins the team because they're always representing my name. So that puts out much better quality of work as well which gets more referrals, which is just, you know, like this beautiful cycle of business. So it's, I could talk about blush all day. We just recently opened a studio, but you know, we can talk about that after, but yeah. So that's kind of the the journey of blush and how I got here. And I just followed my, do you know what Dharma means? Enlighten me. So it's Dharma is like your purpose. So I practice okay. a lot of yoga and they always talk about following your Dharma, finding your Dharma. And basically this is it, you know? So like you'll hear of people quitting their job as a brain surgeon to become a ceramic worker you know that's following your dharma (laughs) okay no i like that i dig that so let's go back to those early days so you were working for another company and like what motivated you or inspired you to want to like branch off on your own and start blush like what was it like did you always have that burning desire 
to do this? Well, no, I didn't, to be honest. I, my burning desire was always to help people. Like I would, that's why I was in nursing school. And then when I got my makeup certification, um, I thought that I could just do this on the side for cash. And that's mm-hmm. not really how this business works. So no, I didn't. But that doesn't mean that you can't succeed as a makeup artist. Like it can be your passion or it could be something that you just see an opportunity to make money in. Like I, I do think that we're in the business of people. Mm-hmm. And so you got to love people and you got to love what you're doing because it shows through your work. Absolutely. And so what are some of the challenges that you were facing like as Blush was starting to evolve? Like what were some of the major challenges that you were facing in those early days? Because it's obviously a different time back then to what it is now. Social media wasn't really you know prominent in those early days. You just don't have the same... Outlook, as you mentioned, like, I mean, having a mobile like hairstylist team wasn't a thing until like years later. So, what are some of those obstacles that you had to go through in those early days? Well, we had really big growing pains. We still kind of do, like, because the company grows, it seems really rapidly right now. But, you know, so finding a system that worked really well for the scheduling was a big deal because there's nothing out there like my business. So it's challenging. Currently, we're using a system for like landscapers <laughs> because it's like you have a home base, which is our studio in Sherwood Park, but we also have a team on Vancouver Island and we have a team in Calgary. We have a team at Edmonton and surrounding areas. So we need something that's going to work for basically doling out jobs. So there's that. I would also say that social media it can be the demise of someone. Like, I have someone that runs Blush's social media. I always have. I have for the past very, very long time, Um, especially when the team started to grow. I just couldn't manage it. But I do think that nailing down your social media game is can easily propel your business no matter what you do because people spend hours a day on their social media. You know, another challenge that I faced, this was actually like the opposite of a challenge because we were such a trailblazer in the hair and makeup team we were the the people to to hire. Um, And so now I'm noticing that more competition is popping up. And that's like anything. I mean, I welcome uh, competition. I don't really look at a competition as as a bad thing um, because we always shine through. But I would say that hair and makeup has become such a trend Mm -hmm. that, you know, people don't think they need to be certified. They don't think they need a license to do it. So they're just going to train themselves. And then it's the same thing with photographers, videographers, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you've got people just completely undercutting the industry and no showing people on their wedding days. And yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that, uh, being in this game since 2017. And it's even changed so much since then, right? Uh, And obviously, COVID changed things even more. I found that since then, you know, there were new companies that popped up, you know, some like, unfortunately, couldn't make it through during that difficult time. But there was new ones that popping up. And there's there's always going to be that new blood that's coming in every year, right? And mm-hmm. where, yeah, you see them like that they're unfortunately um, undercutting or they just don't know their value or and they just don't see the, the ramifications, like what they're doing at that time, how mm-hmm. that's going to impact themselves and the industry as a whole. Because to me, it's always been community over competition. It's like, okay, how can we as a, as a community build each other up so we all can charge more and elevate the industry and so in the end the couples are the ones that are really you know benefiting the best because if we're constantly going to be like 
trying to undercut each other. No one wins in that in that game. It's a race to the bottom, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a good saying, race to the bottom. It's I found this year especially with the recession or the like the, the talk of a recession, I had a ton of brides say that that well, they use different words, which is just the, just the them thing. Like they would say we're too expensive, which is not true because that just means we're just they just can't afford us, which is fine. Everyone has a budget. Yep. There's- but that we were we were over their budget and way more than any other time ever in the history of blush. But now, Kevin, the thing is that's crazy. So in January, I was kind of like, oh my God, like what is gonna happen? But I was like, no, I'm gonna sit tight. I'm not, I would never lower our prices because that was saying, like, you know, last year we were worth 250, but this year we're only worth 230. You can't do that. But I just like I sat tight and so many of those brides have come back around because the person that they originally booked has canceled on them or they weren't able to find someone or whatever. So I think that honoring yourself as a professional and sticking with your price and pricing yourself properly, not only does so much benefit for your own business, but for the rest of the industry mm-hmm. and not working, you know, and not being like, ah, oh, okay, well, you know what? I'll give you a discount. Cause like, where does that stop? Where does that stop? Yeah. And I think it's, it's such a fine line, right? And as uh, solopreneurs, everyone's uh, situation is different and everyone has their reasons for why they have their price in the way it is. Sometimes it's a, a lack of um, education. I think when it comes to just knowing the market and knowing what your value is, uh, sometimes like, yeah, I'll be completely transparent here. Like in the past, I have like fluctuated my pricing, you know, based on the market at times. Mm-hmm. If it means like for me, if I have to give a discount at, at times, I have, but to me, like there's, there has to be an intention behind that. And yeah. a lot of times it's, it's for maybe it's a specific venue or the story. Like I'm a, I'm a storyteller. So if there was a story that like, you know, I really want to tell the story and I know like it's going to like reap the, the rewards down the road, then yeah, I have done that in the past, but yeah, it is such a tricky and slippery slope, right? Because I mean, you can't necessarily just like give the farm away and it does hurt the industry. And um, it does set a a standard or a a feeling in in the market as like okay well are you really worth what you what you were previously charging you know are you just like price gouging you know I mean you, you mm-hmm. see like, what's going out there like even with gas it blows my mind where like in the same city like there can be a twenty cent difference for like gas and it's like but. That's a whole other rant I can go on. Yeah, yeah I know what you're saying though, right? It, it is. It, it's different also for me though, Kevin, because I have contractors that work for me. So, you know, the way that our price works, like it's not like it's myself. Like if it's yeah. myself, it'd be a lot easier for me to make that decision. Okay, you know what? You're having a hard time or whatever it is. I mean, there's been certainly times where we've even given services away when certain situations come up. Mm-hmm. But because I have contractors working for me, they do have the op- like the option in their contract to say, no, I'm not going to work for that price. Yep. So then it's... It, so it's just more like logistics on my side. But you know, everyone's their own boss. Like do what you got to do to make the money and pay the bills. But just don't undervalue yourself, I think is, is really the bottom line there. Yeah, totally. And when you were talking about the contractors, like I, I totally get that because like over the last few years, like we had actually expanded our team and I had like contractors underneath me and obviously we had set rates with them. And so, yeah, it is a fine line. And then there's when there's more than just yourself to think about, there's uh, 
a lot to consider when it comes to maneuvering yourself through some of these uh, difficult times, right? And mm-hmm, 100%. I will say that, you know, tough times, they don't last. And you have to, you know, sometimes just stick to your guns and, and be like, hey, this is what my worth is. This is what it would cost for me to be out there. Because you've put like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into your craft. And there's so many things behind the scenes that people don't see Yeah, that keeps this this boat from sinking, right? You know, there's just a lot of things behind the scenes. And I'm curious to know, like right now with your business, because like I said at the beginning, like I've been so inspired by your story and how it's even evolved over the last few years. Talk to me about what Blush is looking like right now, because you guys do so much more than just like a mobile hair and makeup team, right? You guys have a studio, you guys do, you guys are instructors. I mean, like, there's so much more now. Do you want to kind of let me in? I would love to. So I want to preface our last little topic there with, I held true with January and we're still turning away weddings this year. That's great. Good on you guys. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. You know, but I think that that just like also goes true. Like don't panic in the moment, like just stay true and and react when you need to, because we're still turning away weddings. So blush, you know, like it's crazy to think how, how big this company has gotten because I genuinely did it out of need and demand from clients. So it wasn't like a journal a lot. And so I'd have like, I want to have, I read my old journal the other day before I opened the studio is like, I want to have at least two hairstylists renting a chair. Well, I've got like six now, you know, like I don't think that you can put a measure on your goals. Like it's just the the sky's the limit. So during COVID, we actually took advantage of the insanely inexpensive commercial prices mm-hmm. on commercial spaces and they were desperate. And so, which is sad because it's at the demise of another company. But so we were able to lock in a, a lease that was, yeah, we were able to afford it, but it came with like double the space of what we wanted. And so basically we needed to fill this space and it was like, okay, so we're going to start with treatment rooms. We'll have some treatment rooms back here. At the old studio, we did spray tans, which was in my house, spray tans. But now we have a massage, a registered massage therapist. We have licensed estheticians that do laser facials, waxing. We also have a tattoo artist. So there's all of these things now that blush offers that just really heighten the client's experience. Not only do we have a full hair salon, so we have four hair chairs and three full-time stylists and four part-time stylists. Might be three. I'm not sure. (laughs) So we have a full hair salon. We've got like basically like a little spa back there. We also have upstairs an event space, a photography studio, and then where we do the hair and makeup for trials, special events, that kind of thing. The space is 4,700 square feet. Oh, wow. It's huge. And you're out of Sherwood Park, is that? Yeah, in Sherwood Park. You know, and again, it, there's been times where we're like fully stacked. Like I, people are asking to rent a room and I don't have any room. But it, that's an ebb and flow, you know? Then there's times where we only have one full-time hairstylist and I'm kind of like, oh, we need some more people in here, you know? <laughs> but that's just the way the business works. And I think that like, like you said, it's the hard times don't last forever. Yeah. But it's it's a blessing when people walk into the studio and they're like, wow, you do everything. And I'm like, I know (laughs) you should just come here for everything. It's great. And it's such a fun place to be. Do you ever pinch yourself? Like when you, when you look at maybe yourself, say like 14 years ago or 15 years ago, like, did you ever imagine like that today, like 
this is what life would be like right now? Like never in a million years, but I'm not really a goal setter, Kevin. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of like a water, you know, I just go kinda, with the flow. It's like, Hey, let's just see where this takes us. Yeah. Yeah. I never had a dream career. I never had, I just didn't, I would, that's just not my, my jam. But one thing that I do think that I love about my life is that I feel very wealthy and not necessarily with money, but I feel wealthy with flexibility because I can do this podcast on Friday at 11 a.m. I can go golfing this afternoon if I want. I mean, I can't, but I could book golfing if I wanted to. I can go to Scotland for two weeks. I think that there's more to just money in the bank account. And I think that that's one of the greatest things about being a business owner is that you do have the flexibility to do what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. It's to me, I realized like the last few years, like especially during COVID, like we took on probably way too much. We just wanted to help so many people out. And mm-hmm. I've always been like a big dreamer and it's like, oh, I could take it all on. And then you soon realize like, okay, maybe I can't do it all on because there's still only a certain amount of hours in, in a day. And it, it didn't become fun. And so to me, it's like, that's not why I got into this. Obviously, I love people just like you. You know, I, I love capturing stories and and I love having that time freedom, right? Like to me, that's what wealthy is, is, is like having that time freedom and, and being able to wake up when you want to wake up. And I know some people listening to this are like, oh, that must be nice. It's like, well, it is nice. And I don't take it for granted because I have done the nine to five job. I come from a hospitality background, which I did for close to 10 years. And I was a slave. Uh, I was a complete slave to my work. There was no life balance at all. And sometimes there isn't with this as well. But with that being said, I have a lot more flexibility to decide like if I want to take on a job. Like I I turned Mm -hmm. down a job yesterday for a Canada day for a wedding. I could have taken on, but you know what? It's like this year, like I'm not doing nearly as many weddings as I wanted to last year. And I have that flexibility, which is great. Mm -hmm. And I'm very lucky to do what I I get to do. And I'm sure you feel the same way too. So I guess like to talk to me about like beyond like the studio and everything you got going on there. I love the education you're doing now. And I know it's not new. You've been doing it for a while, but do you want to talk a little bit about like just how you're educating your clients, you know, through uh, social. I know you're on a, on a fitness journey as well right now. <laughs> I'm loving those videos. Absolutely love them. <laughs> but you do like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you also do tutorials in person as well from what I've seen? Well, okay. So there's a lot of facets to this. So we do instructional lessons for everyday people. So if you like tomorrow afternoon, for instance, I'm teaching a a makeup lesson for teenagers from four to 7 PM. And there's like nine of them. That's cool. And it's a birthday. Yeah. It's a birthday. So there's those kind of things. There's also like private hair lessons. I know next weekend, one of the stylists is teaching a bride how to do her hair and makeup for her wedding in Europe because she can't afford to hire us to bring to bring us, but we're going to give her a lesson for that kind of thing. So so there's that. There is also, I do also have another business with a partner. It's called Masters of Beauty. And that is certifying makeup artists. So that company, that would be like a whole other topic, but that is like six years. That's another podcast. That's another podcast, but that's six years in the making. And that's an online certification program that was like it's 150 videos, 280 hours. It's massive. Oh, wow. And we're in the midst of launching that. We've launched it once already. We're going to launch it again next, like in October. But, you know, there was a point in my career where I was, I would like hold on to my knowledge, you know, because I had that like scarcity mentality 
where I was like, I don't want to share what I learned. Like I learned the hard way. You have to. They got to learn the hard way too. They got to earn their stripes. Yeah, totally. And now I'm like, yeah, man, I'll tell you whatever you want. Like, come join me, be on my team, you know, be be with me. Let's, let's do this together. So the private lessons and that kind of thing. I mean, I, I'm, I love doing that. The whole team loves doing it. I mean, heck I'd even like do consulting for business. I just don't have the time. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, obviously like product and services, like it's almost like a rejuvenation theme, right? Like you're, you're, Mm -hmm. but there's the business side where like, I mean, you didn't go to school for business and a lot of this, uh, you had to learn along the way. And so did you like look at other models? Like how were you able to kind of maneuver over the years to the point now where you got like so many irons in the fire, but you seem to have it all figured out. Like, and I know social media can give that impression. It's like, oh, (laughs) you know, everything's perfect. Nothing goes wrong. I know for a fact that on a daily basis, it's a grind. Yeah, it is a grind. Well, my parents, my parents own an auto body shop here in Edmonton. I grew up there in their business. So I learned a ton about business there. So I didn't go to school. Like I didn't go to Grant McKeown, but I went to like the school of hard knocks. You know what I mean? Like I learned face to face. And you know what, Kevin, the biggest thing on owning a business. And if I had like a Ted talk, I would say it's just learning how to treat people and work with people. That is the biggest way to have a successful business. Because if you don't have happy contractors, you're not going to have happy clients. And if you don't have happy clients, you're not going to have happy contractors. And also don't take things so seriously. I think one of the things like with our brides, I mean, I probably receive 200 to 250 emails a day and we do all of our bookings by email because I just cannot do online booking just the way our system, like the way our company works. Okay. And you know, people are like, how do you handle it? I'm like, man, it's a mindset. It's literally a mindset. It's like, you know, there's certainly days where I'm like, I'm overloaded, but there's also days where it's like, wow, look at how amazing this is. I'm so blessed that I get to go to the studio that I own and talk to all these amazing people that we've got on the team. And yeah, it's kind of crappy that I have to work 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. today or 10, but that's the name of the game. I can take next Thursday off, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's a mindset, it's a mindset and, and being positive and remaining positive will get you so much further than you think. Because if you're going to be a negative Nelly, like I don't want to be around you. No one else wants to be around you and no one's going to want to hire you. Yeah, no, I love that. And it, if there's anything that anyone gets out of this episode is, is exactly what you just shared. It is uh mine over matter like like it's it's amazing like we all come from different backgrounds and upbringings and we've all been dealt different hands you know over the years but you can either let that be your story or you can be like you know what no that's not how this is going to go that's not how this story is going to be written and i know that sounds very cliche but it's true but it's not and you know honestly kevin like people probably could listen to this podcast and think oh yeah well you've got it so great and you know what guys I don't actually have it that great. You know, I just don't share all the bad stuff. Like you said on social media, it's Mm -hmm. all like a, it's not a facade, but it's just what we choose for people to see. We have had, you know, like we had a very serious death early, like in our family earlier this year. I'm sorry to hear that. It rocked us. Yeah, thank you. It was, and it was, I just started talking publicly about it. I won't share who it was just because I'm not there yet, but The unfortunate thing about owning a business and like there's blessings and there's curses is the show must go on. 
and people are still relying on you the same way that they're relying on a parent to take care of their child, Mm -hmm. that you need to step up. So it's actually a blessing that I had to do that because I was made to go out, take care of things and get on with life. But I also was able to take the time that I needed. But you know, there's crappy things that happen to everyone. Yeah. So especially like when I'm dealing with a client, which is very rare, but um, if we have a client that's like really, really upset, I always just tell myself there's something else that's going on in her life that I cannot see. Everyone has a story. So everyone is going through something. So you have to come at things with passion, compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people get like, they have short or short tempered, you know, and they like, they act with their ego, like, especially like my girls are like, well, she's just trying to get a discount. And in my head, I was like, then let her get a discount. You know, like, is this the the fight you're going to like, totally. Is, it, is this the hill you're going like, to die on? You ruin your day. Yeah. I got too many fish to fry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not, it's not the hill I'm going to die on in my head. I'm like, okay, well then it is what it is. But you know, I think that choosing the way that you are will benefit not only your personal life, but your business life. And I get that lots of times there's like mental illness and things like that, that people cannot overcome. So please don't take it as like ignorance. I get that not everyone has a choice. But um, if we do our, we're, everyone's just doing our best. We're just doing our best. Yeah. And I, I truly believe like that most people in the world are good people. Like yes. everyone, I think truly like there's also obviously that, that small percentage that uh, they have other ways of doing things and, and the way of, the way they think they don't think like us. But I think generally most people are really good people. We're all wanting the similar things in life, but yeah, you're right. You know, it's we don't know what's going behind the scenes with them, just like they don't know what's going on behind the scenes with you. And a lot of times, like, like I've done so many weddings over the years where I've had other things going on in my life, and I can't let that be the reason why, like, I'm going to give them a subpar product because I mean, they've put a lot of trust in me, just like they've put a lot of trust in you. And, and this is one time that we can do this, right? So, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, you do have to put things uh, in a little box, you know, for the day and then uh, leave it there and then and just put on a show. I do think also females get, I'm a very emotional person. Like I probably cry every single day. It's mostly happy tears, like, because I just like feel a lot. That's good. But I think that we, I think women get put in these boxes of being like emotional bosses, you know, like they're really hard to work for and that kind of thing. And I think men and women are like that because they act out of like ego and pride and not from like a place of empathy or, you know, like lots of times it has the root is money. Like people don't have enough money. And so they're going to complain and try to nitpick and that kind of thing. And they're dealing with weddings that have massive budgets and things come out of the blue. And I think that if we could take a step outside ourselves for a little bit and try to recognize that, Maybe it's not this girl's eyebrows that she's actually really pissed off about. It's something else. Yeah. Then I don't take it so seriously. That's so true, right? Like it's, and it's something that like that, I think, as you mentioned before, we just got to show more empathy. And uh, I know I am guilty of of not doing that enough. And and it's something I'm working on on a daily basis. But um, anyhow. This has been great so far. I, I love this conversation, <laughs> and I never know. Sometimes good, you're doing good, Kevin. I never know where some of these uh, conversations you're go. A good person, and it really like, <laughs> uh, as I mentioned to you, we have all these talking points for a day, but sometimes we don't get to them all because we get on this like really interesting topic that is just very engaging, and I think a lot of people 
uh, that are listening to this can relate. So, but I do want to get uh, kind of get yeah, us back on yeah. track here. I, I'm really curious to know uh, the process when it comes to when clients, specifically for weddings, are reaching out to you guys and wanting your services. Like, walk me through the process from when they inquire to that day where they're tying the knot. Mm. Oh, I don't get asked that question a lot, actually. Well, usually people contact us through our website. And I always like to know where they come from, because it's very important to know where your people are coming from. So we have really narrowed down our quoting system, booking, all of that. Like I said, we use a landscaping company, but or like a system, but it is streamlined. Like it is very easy. So basically they, you know, a client would say, I'm getting married on September 9th. I have seven hair, six makeup. I need to be ready by 1.30. And this is all in the contact form. So it's all right in front of my face. I'm getting married at the Whitewood Barn and I have clip-in extensions, which I'm sure you also have clip-in extensions too, Kevin. So you see them. Are they showing today? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so then from there, it's super easy. Then it's just basically like a plug and play quote. So then I enter, you know, one bride, one, you know, whatever I send off the quote. They have the option to like request changes in our system, which is pretty cool. So it can like request a change like, hey, I want to remove one bridesmaid in on that quote has our contract as well, which is like freaking Bible, because over the past 15 years, I've had to change it so many times, especially with as things come up. Absolutely. And I would talk about contracts all day long and how important they are. So then from there, they pay their deposit. They have a couple options on how to pay their deposit. And then they're locked in that day. They can choose their artist or their stylist, or they could just let me choose. It's whatever, what it's whatever, who's available. What usually happens? Like, is, is there a, a trend? Like when it comes to that, like whether you choose or they choose, like, what do you say happen more often than not? Yeah, the, I would say maybe 40% of the brides already know who they want. Probably from previous referrals or. Yeah. Or so they've seen that they've followed them on Instagram forever or whatever, maybe 30. I've never actually thought about that. But I mean, we have a team of 35. So it's kind of hard to say. I would say that there's a, a core group that gets requested a lot because they've been on the team a really long time. The OGs. The OGs. <laughs> but yeah. And then, so then they're locked in. We do a trial usually about two to three months, like for a hair makeup, uh, two to three months prior to the wedding date. Up until previous years, we just kind of let that get booked whenever, but it's, hectic AF. So because especially you're trying to schedule your bride, your hairstylist and your makeup artist. So that's three schedules you're trying to like, it's just a nightmare. So we got on top of that this year. Last year, we did like 387 weddings. Wow. So my 30 weddings, I I can't complain about my 30 <laughs> weddings I did last year, even though I'm still editing. <laughs> I got last few to go, but oh my goodness, that's 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 insane. It's a lot, but that's obviously that that's spread out across like so many of of your uh, team members, right? So it's all in perspective. It is. So yeah, and then the wedding day comes, and up until like we nail down everything like months prior to the wedding date. So I need to know timing because I'm going to book your girls before and after your wedding. We need to know location, contact information, all of that stuff. So it is a very well-oiled machine, very well-oiled, and it has to be, or else we would not be able to do 385 weddings. Like we just wouldn't. You wouldn't still be in business after all these years, right? No, nope, 100%. And, and I do think that clients really appreciate how streamlined it is. And I'm very on communication. Like I know that lots of people in the wedding industry, I don't know what your timeline is for responses, but you know, I'm like anywhere from like zero hours to 24. You're really good at getting back to me. I can I can vouch for you. 
Yeah. It looks like all I do is like videos on Instagram and golf all day long. But <laughs> in actuality, I basically just sit on a computer for a lot of my life. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the misconceptions, I guess, you know, when these clients are reaching out to you guys, like, are there any frequently asked questions or misconceptions that they have about the whole process that they're like, oh, I didn't think of that. Or they were just like kind of surprised by uh, just how you guys kind of maneuver them through the whole process. And even on the day of, I guess, right? Because there's a, I filmed enough bridal prep over the years to know, like, sometimes it can seem like uh, organized chaos especially when you have large parties. So I know sometimes like they don't think there's maybe like there's not enough time. Like I know time a lot of times is something that they don't realize how long some some of these things do take, especially when you have multiple people that need and you only have like maybe one artist on each side. Like it's things to consider. Okay, so here's the thing. Blush is very different than everyone else in the world. I say that with a humble heart. We do speed training on these with these teams. So we make sure that everyone's kits are set up efficiently so they can work like down to the minute. So it's actually the opposite on our team. So people, lots of brides will be like, oh, we don't, we need way more time than that. I'm like, trust me, you don't, or you don't need to have four people on your wedding day. It's okay to have just two because these girls are so seasoned Mm -hmm. at doing bridal parties it is again such a well-oiled machine and we've done so much training that they're not taking an hour per client they're taking like 30 minutes per client so we cut down the time oh, in that. half and brides love that because you're not sitting there the only thing is i would say at the beginning they don't know that they love it because they they're scared they're scared that we're going to make them late they don't know right they don't know what they don't know totally and and if they've never been in a wedding where blush did the hair and makeup then they certainly don't know you know, I will say things happen that are out of our control all the all the time. Wait, this happens on wedding days? No, I thought yeah, like everything goes I, according to plan. <laughs> it's hard because we can't control if the bridal party is there on time. So the one thing that I find challenging with my girls is they're like, I'll book them on a wedding after their first wedding, for instance. So I usually give them at least an hour in between, get some lunch, do whatever you got to do, and then go to your second wedding. And over the past few years, they've had to like stand strong with their first bride and be like, listen, you guys were an hour and a half late. I only have time to do four people because it's not fair to the second bride. No, and it, it, it's hard because you obviously want to help everyone. But going back to your question, I would say that the timing is the biggest misconception. Our team is an outlier, though, because of all the training and experience we have. I would say that if there is a bride listening to this, you know, I would do your due diligence and, and research on how long this team actually takes to do hair and makeup. And you make sure that they show up on time because it is so famous for hair and makeup artists to be late on wedding days. It is embarrassing. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. No comment. You know. <laughs> there's, there's obviously a lot of moving parts on the day. And yeah. like every vendor plays such an integral part to make the whole day work like a well-oiled machine like your company. And if one one of them is, whether it's hair and makeup or the videographer, the photographer, the officiant, we've done weddings where the officiant has been late. And I'm not throwing anybody underneath the bus. Sure. I mean, we've been in situations where we've been caught up and, you know, stuck in traffic or whatever. And mm-hmm. we were the ones that were late. You know, it happens sometimes. I get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does take everyone 
to be on their A game. And that's why it's so important, as we mentioned before, you to be able to like when you commit to that day for that couple or that client, like you got to realize like it's the biggest day for them. And there, there is no roommate for error. This may be one of however many weddings you do in a year, but for them, this is just their wedding. Mm-hmm. This is their wedding day. This happens once. And it's something that I, I think for the most part, like we've had really, really good experience with the other vendors, whether it's hair and makeup or, but you know, there are obviously, you know, those situations where we're like, you know what, it was a great day, but you know, there's all this, unfortunately some things happened that kind of put like an asterisk next to that wedding. And, and you hate that because in the end, like it's the couple that suffers. And that's to me, I'm always going to be one that's going to be like, hey, what can I do to help this day run smoothly overall? If I have to go and like help the DJ bring some stuff in and it's not going to like affect my work, great. If I have to, you know, help the hair and makeup do whatever, fine, let's do it. Let's make it work. Let's all bind together. It's, again, it's like community over competition, right? Mm-hmm. But not everyone has that mindset going in. And it shows, I think, with some of the um, maybe the beginner vendors are come in or the ones that are just maybe in it for the wrong reasons like they're mm-hmm. just looking to make a quick buck right and it shows unfortunately and i i'm not gonna lie kevin this is not the industry to get rich in like no no, no. Is, like, if you're in it for the money you are in it for the wrong reason because you are going to be working such long hours sometimes and you got so dirty if that was the case totally it, or, or you're going to be working not at all sometimes you know like it is a very it is a feast or famine industry I love it. I love working with brides. Our whole team loves working with brides. It certainly is good money for the amount of hours that the the hair and makeup team is working, but not me. (laughs) I'd probably get like $4 an hour if I blogged how many hours I work. Yeah, I can attest to that. It's not for the money, but it it does seem like it to, to maybe an outsider or it seems like easy money. And you know, I think that's that's just the wrong reason to be in this industry. Because like you said, and I coach the team on this all the time, this is the most important day of this person's life. So even though this is your third wedding of the day, this is their one wedding of their life. So it, you need to walk in like you are on it. Like you are on the set of friends and you're Rachel. You know what I mean? Like you got to be like, you're the star and you have to not, don't steal the moment, but be happy and don't be like Rachel in the first episode and run off and and yeah uh, right like <laughs> exactly but you know what I mean you know like yeah, I know what you're saying <laughs> we're basically like performers that perform services and also kind of a show a little bit it's a bit of a circus it's a, a bit of a circus what are your prices these days like uh maybe it's certain pricing because I know like you offer a lot of services but for brides that are looking into their hair and makeup now for, say, uh, next year and beyond, what can they expect per person for hair and makeup? So we're pretty comparable because, as I said in January, I was panicking a little bit. So like, you know, maybe I should do some research and make sure that I'm like, oh, it, we're in line with competitors. So for other teams that are out there, we're very comparable. So for a bride, uh, I'll split this up in like wedding day and trial. So sure. for the wedding day, hair it is 145 for the wedding day makeup it is 145 that includes all accessories and lashes okay wow. so that's actually really good that's i think so too yeah clearly i'm an expert in this but no like i, I see that yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but just talking with others like, I, like that is very comparable that's really good actually yeah and you know we don't want to price ourselves out but we also don't want to undercut ourselves 
So that's for the bride. And then the bridal party is anywhere from $85 to 120. So it just depends on the services that they're receiving. And flower girls obviously are, are less than $85. But you know, I'm going to be honest, a lot of flower girls have hair down to their butt and they've got like way more than bridesmaids, but it's just hard to price. A little extra, a little extra, but yeah, it's cute. It's cute. They look great in photos. It is. Yeah. And then we travel all over, like I'd said. So we do um, travel. We're mobile. They can come to the studio. We have a flat rate. Edmonton and surrounding areas, we have a flat rate in Victoria and surrounding areas. We always have a flat rate Calgary and surrounding areas. And then anything outside of that, we just charge by the kilometer. And then if we're doing like a destination destination, so like Mexico, that kind of thing, it's basically just the cost of the week vacation. And then they get their hair and makeup for free. Like I'm using air quotes there. Yeah. So we don't want to be out anything, but the bride doesn't usually have to pay much more than that. And you know what, to be honest, a week in Mexico is like 2000 bucks and our average wedding is eight, 1800. So it's it works out. not, yeah, it does work out and we're comparable. This The thing that I think other brides are um, shocked with going back to that last, last, last question is in our contract. Now we have added that they cannot make subtractions up to two months prior to the wedding date. Because you're like, you signed a contract saying that you're going to hire us to do six hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to use eight, eight hair and makeup. Cause at that point I would have four blush girls. And then all of a sudden, three weeks prior to the wedding date, four people dropped out. I, I'm unable to fill those girls schedules. So now they're at a wedding. Yeah, We're not going to send four people for four people. So, and you know what? Brides are really good about it. They're like, yeah, I get it. Like, these are you people's know, livelihoods. Like, you know, these are real people that you're bringing out here. This is, a lot of them, this is all they do. And so yeah. you cancel, like, even one person. Well, they're out. Yeah. Like, they can't rebook anything. So now that they're out and this is, they have a short period of time each year that they can do this, right? And so, yeah, totally. No, I love that. So... What are you really excited about this year and beyond? Like, I know, like, we're in the middle of wedding season right now. Got a lot on the go right now. What are you really excited about the most about moving forward? Well, our studio is getting busier and busier, Kevin. And it is like, it's a blessing. I never expected it to be so busy and so full of such amazing individuals. It's at to the point, like, when we developed the studio, I had, like, didn't have two pennies to rub together. And so my contractor was like, do you want to insulate and soundproof these treatment rooms? And I was like, absolutely not. I don't have money for that. And now I'm having to go back and soundproof these rooms because it's getting so loud because so many people are in there. So it's like such a good problem to have. Yeah. You know, and our event space, I am really excited about that because it is such a great space to hold bridal parties, engagement parties, birthday parties, that kind of thing. Like it's beautifully decorated, but it's like also very neutral wide, huge, open, south-facing windows. Like It's just a great space for events. And I'm really looking forward to having that take off more in the off-season. You know, I say off-season, which is like October, yeah. when people stop having parties outside, essentially, mm-hmm. because it's a good business opportunity for me. And it brings a bunch of people into the studio that normally wouldn't be there, which I like. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like free advertising, kind of. I would say those are the things that I'm most excited for. And you know, honestly, my team is like, they're just so great. I just like, it's just such a big, huge family that we have. It's just such a blessing. I'm so happy. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I usually like to cap off uh, these episodes with any funny stories that you've uh, experienced over the years. Uh, I know I've heard a few 
on this podcast that, uh, you know, it's, you're like, yeah, this happened. This, was, <laughs> I mean, you, sometimes you can't laugh in the moment, but you can laugh afterwards. But is there any, any stories that kind of stood up for you that you just kind of like shake your head? It's like, well, this happened. Like it's, well, there is, I wasn't personally on this wedding. So it's like kind of like a hearsay one, but I know a couple of my girls were working a wedding and there was whispering going on that they couldn't find the groom. He's missing. Like, Full on missing. MIA. They cannot find him. Yes. And they're all trying to keep it hush hush for the bride and trying to make it because who knows like the state of the relationship. Maybe he's like run off, you know, like maybe he's not coming. And it turns out that it was just like a typical hangover story where he was like fell asleep in his couch or in his in his truck outside of a bar, you know, but you have everyone panicking around you. Um I will tell a story about the very first makeup application I did after my certification. Now, I don't yes. know if this is going to be as funny to you just because you're, you might not be dabbling in makeup as much as other people. But so in 2007, when I got my certification, I mean, and my certification program was very like surface level. I was I got hired by that company and I was very scared to do a makeup application. It was my first one. So I finished it and it was okay, but I didn't actually finish it. I didn't put mascara or lashes or anything on her because I was scared to mess it up. And so does this mean anything to you? Like, if yeah, I say yeah. okay, good. Okay, good. I know I don't look like someone that uh, uh, has a lot of experience <laughs> in this, but after filming over a hundred weddings and dealing okay. with so many brides and hair and makeup and the process that, yeah, totally. Okay, good. So you know that putting mascara or lashes on a client like finishes the look. Without it, it looks very weird. It looks really weird because there's eyeshadow on the lashes and everything. And so... I was like, okay, you're done. And she's like, um, are you going to put mas- mascara on me? And I was like, you know, mascara isn't really trendy anymore. <laughs> so we're going to skip the mascara this time. And she looked at me like I had three heads. And I just like shudder thinking about that every single time I think about that. Because it's like, man, I hope that person sees me somewhere. And is like, man, she really made she made it. <laughs> she botched her first makeup application, but she powered through. I mean, that's a that's a great story to share because when I look back at some of my early work, you know, you, oh. you, you do shake your head and you're like, what was I thinking? It's like, you yeah. know, obviously we had good intentions in the moment, but, you know, a lot of times uh, my present self, I wish I could go back and like uh, maybe have a couple of chats with uh, my my old self. Yes. And you know what's crazy is we thought it looked so good. You know, you're like, wow, look at this. Look at what I've done. I am hot shit. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> I love it. How can people find you guys? Obviously, uh, you got the website, but maybe you can share your, your uh, studio location as well. Yeah. So we have a studio in Shore Park. We're located at 192-2257 Premier Way. We are on Google. We have over 400 five-star Google reviews, by Woo-woo. the way. And so you can find us easily there. We're also on Instagram. It is Blush Artistry M-U-A. And on Facebook, it is Blush Artistry Inc. I don't even know. I'm sorry. You'll find us though. And do we have TikTok? I think we have TikTok. That would be my social media department. But that would be it. And you know, if you ever want to even just send us an email, you can send me an email at heather at blush dash artistry.ca and you'll get a zero to 24 hour response time. <laughs> I can guarantee that. <laughs> well, Heather, it's been an absolute pleasure this last hour just chatting with you and really 
pulling back the veil and really learning more about your backstory and just all the amazing things that you and your team are doing over there at Blush. I think it's uh, it's it's very inspiring to see, and uh, I wish you guys nothing but uh, the absolute best. And we'll definitely have to have you back on, yeah, uh, later on to maybe talk about some of your other adventures you got going on because I think uh, I would love that. That'd be uh, really uh, cool to dive in on that as well. Yeah, thank you for having me, Kevin. It was it was awesome. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Alberta Wedding Podcast. Each week, I will pull back the veil and introduce you to the faces behind the brands that you love in Alberta. Your feedback matters. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review and let me know what you think of this episode. Until next week, stay well and be merry.